You're listening to the Savvy Social Podcast, the show for budding entrepreneurs who want to understand the how and the why of social media marketing. I'm your host, Andrea Jones. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to episode number 59 of the Savvy Social Podcast. The show is brought to you by Social Report. Social Report is the world's most complete social media management tool, and it's my tool of choice when it comes to scheduling and reporting that we need for our clients. So my private clients use it. I use it personally for my social media, and it's just a great all-around tool. You can try it out for yourself for free for 30 days by going to socialreport.com, and I'll put that link in the show notes for you as well. Today's guest is Heidi Taylor, a fellow Canadian who I met collaborating in the Collaboration Catalyst, which is an awesome membership for um, finding some collaborations. And she's in the What Works Network. I've talked about What Works before. It's an amazing community of business owners who are real, who are doing the work. And so Heidi is a connection from that. And in this episode, we talk about the power of being in the right place, and the power of understanding who your clients are, being able to connect to them. We talked about how to even look for those places, like where you belong and how to, how to show up where your voice matters, especially as an introvert, which I don't know if you guys know this. I think I talked about this before, but I'm a huge introvert. I can, I can be uh, personable. It's not that I don't like talking to people, It's that I can only do that for so long before I get super tired. (laughs) If you guys ever seen me at events, um, even this last event that I just came back from podcast movement, um, yeah, I just, there's only so long I can do that. So it's really talking about how to show up and be impactful in the right places. Now, if you don't know Heidi, Heidi is what happens when a sales coach collides with a life coach. Heidi works with non-linear, altruistic, solo service-based business owners and all-around caring people. You know, those on the opposite end of the sleaze bag spectrum. Her style is relational. Her system is proprietary and her approach is a yin-yang of both kind and direct. She has over 10 years of experience running businesses both off and online. For more about Heidi, the full dirt on her business coaching, you can find her at HeidiTaylor.ca. Before we dive into the interview, though, just a quick update. I am going to be speaking virtually with Aweber at their Beyond Podcast Summit. If you're thinking about starting a podcast or if you already have a summit, join us on September 18th at 11 a.m., and get expert advice to take your podcast to the next level. There's six of us, some some uh, podcasters, names you may other also recognize there. We're going to be talking all about podcasting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so join us. The link will be in the show notes. It's called Beyond the Podcast. Should be great. All right, let's dive in to the interview. Hey, Heidi, welcome to the show. Hi, it is so lovely to meet you. Yes, I'm really excited to pick your brain today about your business and about social media. So let's just start right at the beginning. Um, How did you get started with your coaching business? 
Well, it's kind of a long story, but to give you some context, um, I've always been somebody who really cared a lot about my work. In fact, um, a lot of my identity tend to be really wrapped up in, am I doing a really good job? You know, am I delivering on what I can do? And so my, you know, where I kind of started in my career was in floral design. I was a floral designer and I had my own business and I worked for a whole bunch of small business owners. So I really got kind of an insider's peek into the world of owning your business and how hard you work. And so that environment really informed so much of how I see my work, how I identify as somebody who is caring and works really hard because that uh, in floral design, it's all labor. Mm. You know, you're spending long hours and you're creating something that hopefully your client is going to love. And so I spent many years doing that, having my own business. And then 2008 happened, the economy crashed. And literally in one day, my business dried up. It was, it was um, a huge relief combined with huge anxiety because I was ready. By that point in my career, I was starting to get a little bit older. My body wasn't um, up to the task anymore, and I was ready to finish that chapter. So I had this huge decision to make. I no longer had this um, income source. Everything sort of got ripped out um, from under me like it did to many people. And so I thought, like, okay, I can sit on the couch and cry and eat potato chips, or I can figure out, okay, what what am I going to do next? And at the time I had been volunteering at a homeless shelter, like once a month serving dinner. And I thought to myself, what better way to manage this time in my life than to go and hang out with some people who could really use a listening ear. I was loving that time when we would go serve dinner. And I thought, okay, I'm going to get out of my own head and help someone else. And through doing that, because when I was in floral design, I was young. And so I hadn't really come, like, <clears throat> I think about how, you know, when we, we jump into our first career, we don't always really know who we are. And I really needed that time producing floral arrangements and being creative so I could kind of figure out who I was. And then when I spent time at the homeless shelter, I really deepened into there's so much more I have to offer the world than just what I can produce. And so it was kind of an amazing time in my life. And I thought, okay, so <clears throat> I love hanging out with homeless people. It's really challenging, amazing uh, connections that you make. So I thought, okay, I'm going to be an addictions counselor. So I went back to school. And then I realized through that process that it would kill me. I care way too much about people. It would take me down, in fact. And so my coaching business was born um, when I went back to school and realized, okay, I can't, I can't work with people in addictions. I started doing therapy as my placement in school. And the therapist that owned the practice said to me, why don't you come on and, and work with us? And you'll have your own little business, but you'll be under us and it'll be really great. And this is where my, my second business was born because this man um, 
said some things to me that really made me angry in terms of like, you know, you're, you're only going to get to keep a, a small percentage of the money that you make. And it just didn't seem like it was going to be worth the effort for me. And so I was like, okay, screw that. I'm going to go and have my own coaching practice. I knew that I couldn't do, I wasn't licensed to do therapy. I couldn't do that. I also knew if I was going to get my master's, it was going to take me a long time. And um, because I always had that entrepreneurial spirit, I was like, okay, I'm going to start my coaching practice. Like this is, this is the kick that I needed to make this dream happen. So I started life coaching and through life coaching, I realized I don't want to work with normal life coaching clients. I want to work with small business owners. I need to get back to the place that I started. So uh, the reason it's, it's kind of a long story, but I, the reason I think it's so important is that like there's no straight line, right? I haven't met anybody that's had a straight line to entrepreneurship. And I think it's important to hear some of the, you know, crazy roads we take to get to the place that we're at. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. And I like, this is why I love hearing the stories of business owners, because um, sometimes from the outside, it can look like a straight line. Um, it can look like everything just neatly fell into place. But more often than not, there's a lot of bumps along the way. There's a lot of detours. And so um, sometimes hearing those things can give us a little comfort in realizing that we're all on a journey. We're doing this at uh, different paces, different levels, and it's our journey. So we've kind of got to celebrate that. So can you tell us a little bit about your business as it is today and how you find your clients, especially being that you work with other business owners, how does social media play into finding your clients? Oh my goodness. So many good questions right there that I just love to talk about. I have found, and it's, it's tricky, right? To really figure out, okay, I know I have the service to offer, but who is it really going to jive with, right? And how am I going to find those people? So it, to me, it all comes back to self-awareness. I really had to understand, okay, what is it about the way that I offer my service that other people really enjoy? And then how can I figure out how to offer that to them? So I have found I'm a huge introvert and often, not always, but often many of my clients are introverted and people who are very feelings-based people. So I say all that to say, as I'm scanning social media and I'm in different business groups, I really understand who my client is. And so I know exactly when they pop up and say, hey, I'm really struggling with this problem. I can spot them pretty easily because um, I've worked with enough clients at this point that I really understand the challenges of my clients. So usually they're saying things like, um, I have this client situation. I don't know what to do. I can't make a decision about it. Um, or they are, they're saying I'm overworking and I'm burning myself out. I care too much about how this ends. I don't know what to do. Um, those kinds of things. When I spot those questions in many of these business groups, there, there'll be people that will pounce right? On a question that, that a business owner is asking, somebody who clearly needs help. I mean, don't we all? Um, they'll get pounced on by, you know, five or six, 10, 12, 20 people will give you all kinds of answers from their perspective. And what I found for me, because I am not, 
I'm not the person who's going to jump into that big, like three ring circus and really stand out. That's not where my zone of genius lies. And what I figured out is private message is the place for me to connect with someone. And often I find like my clients, I need a, a, a little yes from the person who I'm connecting with before I will move into any kind of deeper conversation or even a sales pitch. So I really want to um, jump into direct message and just say, hi, I noticed what you were saying. You know, here's how I, it resonates with me or here's some connection point. And then I wait. I want to see, is the person interested in connecting with me? Do they respond back? Because if somebody doesn't um, show me that they're interested, why would I sort of um, send them this really long sales pitch or this really long um, message that they, they're clearly showing me that they're not interested in, right? So I really like to take my cues from the person that I'm connecting with, which it sounds like common sense, but I think on the internet we get so, and when we run a business, like money, obviously getting clients means money, and we can get pretty, um, I had a client who called it like, she, she, she felt like she reeked of money because she really needed to bring money into her business. And so I think sometimes we get into those scenarios and we just, we don't behave in the way that we might normally behave. And a lot of the work I do with my clients is helping them slow down and pace the connection and the communication they're having with the person that they want to really like have a great connection with. So oh my gosh. Yeah, that's so good. Like I, I really want to emphasize a few things that you said because um, I feel like I clearly can understand your process and your approach to social media. And it's very powerful. You start with understanding who your clients are very basic, but so important to start right there. So that when you are in these groups, you can easily spot them. And then you dive deeper with them through direct message instead of shouting your opinion along with everyone else's opinion in a, in a comment section, you um, take that deeper in that direct message. And then you wait for the little yes before diving into the sales pitch. I feel like that's a very great approach to um, getting clients through social media because it's really going back to the roots of networking. And I feel like we do live a little bit in this broadcast style environment that social media has bred, which we're all kind of like feeding into, where sometimes the magic happens behind the scenes. Sometimes the magic happens in just listening, which I think is a really powerful thing that you really um, highlighted there. Um, one question I do have, though, mm -hmm. um, for some of our listeners who may be a little bit earlier in their um, social media journey, how do they find the right groups? What are some of the things that you've done to make sure that you are in the right group? online? Yeah, that is such a great question. Honestly, because it is hard to find your place. Like, where do I belong in this landscape? Right? So I really start to think about, um, so who is my client? Are they a business owner? Are they, um, I'm just trying to think of all of the, you know, I'm so focused on business owners because that's my ideal client. So I have to figure out, okay, where are they hanging out online? Where are the groups that I, that the, their values align with my own values. So I know that there's already, there's already a little bit of vetting that has taken place in terms of the group owner is 
sort of taking care of the group and leading them somewhere that feels good, right? I think that's super important because the kind of clients that are going to be there are going to also be aligned. So I look for other different business owners who are doing things that I really admire and I go, hmm, what kinds of groups are they um, curating? What kind of community? There's many um, coaches and consultants who will create their own group and that's sort of their pool of potential clients. Um, but not everybody is built to create a community. And so I think that's why, especially if you're just starting out in business, it's looking for places to belong first and walk, like listen, observe, pay attention to the culture of the group and go, okay, do I feel like this is a place where my voice has space and it matters and it's going to be taken care of and supported? First of all, I think those are super important things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all about really positioning my, myself and my business and my clients in a place of strength right? Um, So if a group is filled with a ton of people, that's usually, it's not a sign for me that I won't join, but it's going to be a lot harder for me and in the ways that I do business to get noticed, to have, to connect with people, to have conversations. Um, So the smaller the group to me, the better, because then you can create those one-on-one connections. Mm -hmm. And that, I think that's really where I would suggest that you start once you find a place to belong um, is start reaching out to people and and saying, Hey, I'd love to chat with you. I noticed in your profile, you said you love baseball. Let's talk about baseball, right? Or whatever. Or the fact that you just became a Canadian and I'm Canadian. Let's talk about that. Yes. I love that. It's just human nature, right? To like ask questions about people, about things that they're already interested in. So I really like that you brought that up because, um, again, I think it goes back to that idea of just like connection and networking, which um, sometimes gets a little bit lost with social media. And it's good to have that reminder of like, these are people that we're talking to. So let's treat them that way. I really appreciate that. Um, So I also know um, based on um, some of the things you said in the past that um, one of the challenges you've had is with video and how Instagram stories has helped you with that. So can we talk a little bit about that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, you know, I am someone who, again, if you're not getting this a sense from me already, I really like to observe, listen, be patient about my connections. And so the idea of me standing up on social media and showing my face and sharing my message was a bit of a challenge because I really prefer, I mean, I'm a coach because I love to listen to my clients' challenges, connect with them around them and help them navigate through them. So being on video is a very different, you know, it is more of a broadcast. It can feel very much like here I am on my stoop speaking my message. Um, So it's taken me a lot of practice to really get comfortable with, um, showing up. And, and honestly, the, the place that I've found is most uh, comfortable and natural for me is Instagram stories, because I can record little snippets and watch myself back and decide if I want to post it or not. Um, and there's lots of times where I will record for, you know, half an hour and then trash what I've done because it just doesn't feel right. It's not how I want to present myself to the world. It's not that I want to be perfect and polished, but, um, because it's not a natural for me, 
I do like to give myself that time to, you know, <clears throat> play around with it. So Instagram Live isn't something that I have done yet, but it's a place where I'm I'm hoping to to move to. But um, my suggestion to anybody who hasn't done video or isn't comfortable doing a lot is is practice. And in fact, that's my um, I like to even say to my clients about pretty much everything experimentation is really the best way through anything that you're challenged with. Like really figuring out what isn't working is sometimes incredible, most times incredibly valuable. And so it's not a sexy answer, <laughs> but a lot of blood, sweat and tears in terms of like just coming back and showing up even, and especially when it's not something that feels super fun for me, right? Mm -hmm. Just keep showing up. And, and paying attention to where am I growing, right? What, what, what difference, you know, if, if you were to ask, you know, uh, some of my mastermind buddies, like, you know, how has Heidi done on video? They'd be like, wow, like she has just come so far, right? And so I think we need that reflection in terms of when we're starting something, it's like, okay, um, you just have to keep showing up and, and watching your growth, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that is so true. And that's something that I try to tell my students and members and clients as well is, you know, when it, I get this question too, you know, podcasting, for instance, I mean, this goes back to that idea of being linear. People see that I started this podcast and they're like, oh, you must have just started out with, you know, having the confidence to talk on a mic and um, not actually, like I've been creating content online since 2007, which is the part you don't see. You don't see that first video back in 2007. That was yeah. awful. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it took 10 years before it became, you know, something that was very comfortable for me. And I actually prefer you know, talking on camera and, and being on the mic on podcasting. Um, and so I really like that you talk about that journey as well, because um, it's something that, again, with social media, it's hard to see that journey. Um, whereas if someone were to come into your world today and watch your Instagram stories or one of your videos, they can go, oh, wow, you know, she's, you know, really confident. She's doing this great thing. But it took a while for you to get there. And for those of you who are listening and you're scared to put yourself out there or you're a little bit nervous about it, we all started from exactly where you are today. And we're rooting for you along the way. So just put yourself out there give it a shot give it a try and you never know what will come of it yeah and it takes so many more tries than one yeah right like so many more tries of just showing up and doing it like I, as you were talking I was thinking about how people say this about your email list like you just have to be consistent and people will come it, it's kind of the same thing and it takes a lot longer than people think it's going to take and that's okay. That's part of the journey, right? Yeah, oh, that is so true. Yeah, um, it's so, so relieving, right, yeah. to hear it. Yeah, definitely. So we're giving you permission today. Keep trying it. And it takes more than one try. I like that. I like that you said that. Yeah. Um, so how can listeners work with you? I know that you have a signature offer. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'd love to. So I work with clients over nine months, and we work on pretty much everything under the umbrella of business and which is a lot of it. My, one of my specialties is sales. And so what I was describing earlier about, you know, um, sending someone a direct message and connecting 
a lot of um, sales and business and relationships in business is I have found a lot about pacing, a lot about figuring out your communication style and what works for you. Because when it comes time to ask for money, um, it can get really tricky. And we, we will show up in ways that um, are really challenging, ways that we don't want to be showing up for our conversations. So over the course of nine months of coaching with me, my clients um, will... We'll have a Google Drive folder where we share pretty much they'll send me client emails, they'll send me their intake forms, they'll send me any kind of client communication that feels wonky. And in a Google Doc, I can, you know, um, tag them and I can highlight and comment and give them a ton of feedback in terms of here's the way that you're presenting to the world. And well, what if you tweaked this word and what if you took this out and what if you were to pitch this thing in this particular way? And the beauty of nine months of that kind of um, relationship with me, I'm modeling for them and reflecting back to them. Here's how I see you showing up in the world. Here's what's amazing and powerful. And here's you and your strength. And then here are some of the ways that maybe you're getting the way. So let's, you know, let's witness to that and let's notice it, but let's not get so stuck on it. Um, and let's really look at how can we leverage the strengths that you do have and position you to win because at the end of the day, that's what we need to really end this. And so, uh, as someone who has, you know, I've come through this by overworking and burning myself out and really just trying to figure out what works for me. Um, so the beauty of me really understanding small business is, I now get to really come alongside my clients and really help them just rise up and be amazing business owners. And it is such a joy. And, and quite honestly, that takes nine months. That's why I say, um, I've had people say, oh, I don't think I need that much time. You know, I think for anything, doing video, reaching out to people on social media, give yourself nine months of practice and, and take note to see how far you've come because it's, it's incredible. It sounds like a long time, but so much can change when you keep showing up and witnessing yourself and the progress you're making over that amount of time. So, um, so that's sort of a, a little window into the process that I take my clients through. But I just want to emphasize, uh, there's some business coaches who are very linear and it's all about um, structure. My coaching is a combination of modeling things and witnessing to my clients, but also really getting down to the emotional impact of having a business and how that really can get in the way of um, how we're showing up. Sometimes we can get kind of beaten down by the work in our business and how our clients are showing up for us. And so it's my job to really support my clients um, emotionally, you know, financially, all of the ways that, um, you know, because when you're owning your own business, it's, it's really, um, it's, it can be a challenge, right? Yeah. Amen to that. So um, if you guys want to check out Heidi and everything that she does, I'll put the link to her website in the show notes. And uh, where else can we connect with you, Heidi? Well, Instagram is my place. That's where I hang out. And my Instagram handle is at Heidi listening. Oh, very, very good. Thank you so much, Heidi, for joining us today. And we'll see you guys next time.
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. For links and everything we talked about, please check out the show notes by visiting SavvySocialPodcast.com. And don't be afraid to continue the conversation. I'd love to have you inside of the Facebook group. You can search for us on Facebook or simply go to SavvySocialCrew.com. See you there. Bye for now.